guess everybody knows what these are. If you look at them and see, they're, they're gloves. You know, gloves are pretty useful. Uh, uh, keep your hands warm. They do that. Uh, they, gloves can, uh, with the proper ability, can uh, saw wood, hoe weeds. They can dig holes. They can uh, help keep your blisters from getting in your hand. I mean, they're just all number of things it, they can do. And so if I, you know, I can put, use these gloves, but absolutely nothing can do. I mean, I can lay these gloves over here, but they don't play the piano. You know, I, I could put them almost anywhere. They're, they're really useful when there's a hand in them. Without a hand, gloves are completely useless. But when a hand is in them, that glove can do anything the hand can do. That's what Paul is trying to help us understand today. When we look in the book of Ephesians in chapter 5 and verses uh, four, beginning in verse 14, talking about walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. See, one of the concerns that Paul had and that God has for all of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ is that we're not allowing Him to do in us what He desires to do. See, these gloves are absolutely worthless without a man or a woman's hands in them. And then they can do whatever that person can do. But even then, that illustration falls a little bit short because they still are limited to what I can do. They can't do more than what I can do. But see, with the power of the Spirit of the living God dwelling within you and dwelling within me, the only limitation is none. Because God can do everything. And God's able to accomplish His purpose and His will and everything that He wants to do. And so the Lord God is wanting so desperately through His preaching, of, through Paul and others, and, and through His Word and things to help us who know Him as Lord and Savior to understand that our lives desperately need the filling of the Holy Spirit day in and day out in order that we might be the people of God that He wants us to be, that we might accomplish the purposes that He wants us to accomplish. That God didn't leave it up to you, and God didn't leave it up to me to do the work of God. He knows that you can't do it, I can't do it, only He can do it, but He chooses to do it in you and through you. And He wants to do it through all of us who know Him as Lord and Savior and being a part of that. And so we have to be a people who are willing to submit ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit and let Him be Himself within us so that we can do the things of God that He's called us to do and to be and be a part of that. So I want to invite you to stand with me as we listen to this Word of God found in Ephesians chapter 5 and beginning in verse 15. I'm going through the end of the chapter, verse 21, excuse me, and just hear carefully what he's saying to God's people. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that's dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for the things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and to be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we take into account this word and as we understand 
uh, you've taught us and, and we know that if we're genuinely Christians, if we truly have invited Christ Jesus to be Lord and Savior of our life and, and we've surrendered to his work in our heart and accepted grace and forgiveness and been declared the children of God, that dwelling within us is, are you yourself, the power of the, of the Holy Spirit, God dwelling in man because you chose to live within us as your children. Father, we, we just don't seem sometimes to understand that, or if we understand it, we don't seem to want to yield to it and just let it be real in our lives and take hold of what we are. And, and here you're reminding us that because you live within us and because we are your children, that there's a standard of life, there's a way of living that's supposed to be all a part of everything that we do, and, and it's supposed to guide our steps and our minds and our thoughts and our words and our relationships and all that we are. Father, we limit your work in ourselves most often, but in our church, in our communities, in our world, because we're not willing to be subject to your leadership in our life. We're not willing to be yielded to your lordship. We're not willing to let you be the one who takes our lives and use them, uses them for your glory and your purposes. So Father, I pray this morning that you just remind us that you have a calling on our life and that you have paid a price for our lives in, in love and grace and forgiveness. And your desire is that we would walk with you by allowing you to be God in us. I pray that in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, as we... Look at this. Really what Paul is getting at here as the Holy Spirit's directing him is that you and I need to be a people who are willing to be filled, surrendered to, submitted to the Holy Spirit of the Lord, or the Lord God in our lives. He dwells within you if you're a Christian. But we need to give him our own heart permission to rule in our heart. See, he's Lord, period. It doesn't matter what you believe, what you think, what you say, or anything that you do, he is Lord. That's just truth. And nothing can deny that, and nothing can overcome it. No religion, no philosophy, no government, nothing can ever get over the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we know one day everybody's going to get on their knees, and they're going to plead with all of their hearts, and they're going to confess Jesus Christ, Lord, God, Savior. Even though they've denied him every moment of their life, they're going to bow before him and they're going to say, you're God, you're Lord, you're the Christ. That's going to happen. There's no one not going to say that. But God so longs for us to say it now. While it makes a difference, while, while it can impact our lives. And, and, and when we say that in confessing him as Lord and Savior, he fills us with himself so that he can be our power to live the life that he's called us to live. Because we can't do it in our strength. And so he gives us some instruction, and, and he helps us to understand that he dwells within us. He'll be the power that we need. He'll be the strength that we need. He'll help us accomplish those things that he set before us. And so he tells us, first of all, that if we're going to be filled with the Spirit, that we need to walk in wisdom. We need to walk in such a way that we acknowledge God's ways are better than man's ways. That the Spirit of God leads fully and 
truly into the way of life that is abundant and true and powerful in, in all the things that it does and that it is far excels anything this world has to offer. It far excels the wisest of all men in this world. It's greater than anything on this earth. It is the wisdom of God and it is available to you and it is available to me. It dwells within us by the power of the Holy Spirit and we're to walk in wisdom. It, mean, it means that, that we're to walk in such a way that we use the, that we allow the Holy Spirit to help us know this is not the right thing that I should be doing. This is not the right thing that I should be saying. This isn't the kind of relationship that I should be having. This is not, it guides us in everything. We enter into a circumstance and we know how to respond to that circumstance because we're walking in the wisdom of God and not depending upon our own wisdom and our own relationship and our own abilities to do things, but we're trusting our God to guide us and direct us. As Christians, he's saying, don't walk walk in a way that you keep finding yourself in the things of the world, doing things that are wrong, wrong for your own self, wrong for the people around you. They're harming you in everything that you do. The decisions that you're making are hurting you, and they're hurting your family, and they're hurting your friends, and they're hurting your church, and they're hurting our world because you're not walking in the ways that God wants you to walk. Walk in wisdom. Go in the right places. Do the right things. Make the right decisions. Choose to be the kind of person that you can be. And how do we do that day in and day out? Because sometimes my friends are not the kind of friends God would want me to have, but I like being around them. And in my strength and in my wisdom, I just, I, I just want to be with them because well, I like being with them. But when I'm with them, it affects my life, not positively, but negatively. It causes me to act in the ways they're acting that are contrary to what God wants me to be and wants me to do. They cause me to not be the kind of person that God wants me to be. See, God has a plan for our lives, and that plan is so amazing and so, so terrific that, that anything that you and I do apart from the will of God and apart from the purposes of God in our life is so mediocre that it's not even worth talking about. So many of us are living below average lifestyles and below average lives because we're not willing to walk in the wisdom of God and what God has for us in the way that it comes. And it becomes a part of who we are. We know, you know, I shouldn't step in quicksand. Well, my brothers and my sisters did it and my friends did it and everybody else, so I'm going to do it. That's how smart most of us are. But God says don't. It's foolish to step in quicksand. It doesn't make any sense. I don't care if everybody you know did it. Don't do it. It doesn't make sense. Be walking in the wisdom. See, he's just saying, be alert. Be sensitive. Be conscious of the world in which you live and walk in such a way that you know some things are not the right way to walk in. Some things are. Some things are not the best things to do. Some things are. Some people are not the best people to allow and to influence our lives, and some people are right to influence your life. Be wise in what you do. If you're going to be filled with the Spirit, if you're going to walk in the Spirit, to be wise, he says. But not only be wise, but he says if you're going to walk in the Spirit, we need to, to be redeeming the time. We need to make good use of our time. See, when God presents us an opportunity to do something, we need to do it. Well, I, I intend to do it. I plan to do it. Someday I'll get around to doing it. But what I found out is every time I wait for the someday to get around to doing it, the someday to get around to doing it never gets around to doing it. I don't want to say that again, so we'll just go ahead and, and go on. But, you know, it's just the fact that you and I need to understand that 
God presents as we live our lives the opportunities to serve Him, to bless Him, to honor Him, to touch people's lives, to bless their lives, to be an encouragement to them, a strength to them, to lift them up, and to be an opportunity to allow them to walk in the way that God wants them to walk. And we can be the instrument of His work in their lives, but we miss those opportunities because we get so caught up in ourselves and living for ourselves and, and wanting what I want for me that we don't see the things that are there and we miss the time. How many of us could look back, and we, we're not going to take time, and I'm not asking for raising of hands, but most of us could look back on, on times when we could look back and say, you know, I really missed a really good opportunity because I didn't take use of the time that I had. I didn't take advantage of, of that which was there for me, the opportunity that was there. I let it flee, fly by me, and, and then it was gone, and it was too late to redeem it and to be a part of it. Not only does he say that if we're going to walk in the spirit of the living God that we need to do so wisely and that we need to do so redeeming the time and, and, and being a part, making the best use of our time for God's glory and the things that are there, but he says if we're going to, as we look at that scripture, he says if we're going to walk in the spirit of God that we need to understand the will of God. That's hard for most of us. We think, man, how do you know the will of God? How do you find out what God wants? Well, I'll give you a real secret that's, that's not too complicated. I think most of you can understand it this morning. Read the book. Read the book. Everything God wants you to know is right here. And His Spirit is so full and so real within you that when you and I walk according to what the Bible teaches us and tells us that we have the understanding of His mind and the things that are going on as we look at it and as we see that. But let me remind you again of a passage that you know very well that helps as well as we look at it. It says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. How do I know the will of God? Live for Him. Turn my life over to Him. Give myself to His leadership in my life. Let Him be the Lord that He wants to be. Let Him be the God that He wants to be in my life. And if I, if I offer myself as a living sacrifice to Him and let Him be God in my life, then He's going to continually be helping me understand what His will for my life is and what His will is for this church and what His will is for this world. As we look at it and as we see, we can begin to see and understand the very heart and mind of our Father as we surrender to Him and allow Him to be all that He wants to be to us. And so we need to be wise, we need to redeem the time, and we need to seek to follow the will of God and not my will. What God wants, not what I want, is really the key that needs to be a part of our lives as Christians. But then he goes on and he talks about not only that, that we do those things, but that we also are to be, walk in the Spirit by being filled with the Spirit. Now, I've mentioned that a couple of times, and let me just real quickly again remind you, when you got the Holy Spirit, when you trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you said... I'm a sinner, I need a Savior, I believe Jesus Christ is the only Savior there is, and I accept what He did for me on the cross of Calvary. I receive His grace and His mercy and His forgiveness. He's Lord and Savior of my life. When you made that confession, when you truly responded to God's invitation to, to accept Him, at that very instant, He filled you with the Holy Spirit. And you got all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. You're not going to get any more of Him because He's one. And you got him all. Every bit of him came into you at that point. And you don't have portions of him that leave every time you don't act the way you're gonna, that you're supposed to act. 
Part of him gets up and says, I didn't like the way you spoke. I'm not going to be with you anymore. I don't like the fact that you don't like the people that I like. I'm not going to be with you anymore. No. He has in you fully, completely, totally, for always. You have the Holy Spirit. So what does he, why does he tell us to be filled with the Holy Spirit if we're already full of him? The words that he's talking about, it means to submit to the authority, to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. When I, when I am full of the Holy Spirit, he's in control of my life. And when I don't let him be in control of my life and I decide I can make decisions and I know better than he knows and I can do the things I want to do without him leading me and guiding me in my life, then I, I'm not letting him be in charge. I'm, not as, I, I'm as full of him as I can be, but I'm not under his control. And so the evidence of his fullness in me is not being seen. So to be filled is a word constantly that comes. It simply reminds me every single day. Today, I need to be full of the Holy Spirit. I need to submit to his leadership in my life. I need to submit to his authority in my life. He's Lord, I'm not. He's God, I'm not. And I need to let him be the one who's in control of my life and everything that I do and every decision that I make and everything that I'm about, he needs to be the one that is a part of my life, guiding my life, leading my life. And so I need that constant renewal, that constant reminder of my mind and my heart that he's in charge, not me. And when I do that, so that's what he's talking about. And he says, don't turn to drink, don't turn to alcohol and be a part of those kind of things or drugs or whatever. You can apply anything there. He seems to say, don't let yourself be under the control of any substance outside of God. No matter what it is. And all of those substances that we like to use to substitute for God to make ourselves feel a little bit better for a moment, every single one of them take control of your mind, your personality, your actions, and the things that are there. They determine what you'll do. You don't. You lose control completely. They're in charge. God says, I want to be in charge. Because when I'm in charge, I'm going to lead you to make the right decision. I'm going to lead you to do the right things. I'm going to lead you to have the life more abundantly than anything you've ever dreamed possible. I'm going to give you the very best life this world can offer when I'm in charge of your life. He wants us to look to Him because He has everything that we need. And everything that we could ever want is found in the power of the living God in our lives. He says, depend on me. Look up to me. Be controlled by me. Don't look to those false things that can only momentarily give you a thrill, and let them control you because when you're under their control, you make decisions that are always going to lead you to regret. Always. No exceptions. But he never leads us in a place of regret, but to a place of joy and victory and power and life in its fullness and abundance and all that's going on. And so he reminds us of that as he talks about being filled with the Spirit of God. And some of the evidences that he gives us that when we're filled with the Spirit of God, he says there's a joyfulness. He, he talked there about singing hymns and songs and praises and lifting each other up in song and encouraging each other up. There's a joyfulness when we know the Lord Jesus Christ and we let Him rule in our hearts. See, we, we, we spend our whole lives trying to be happy. And even our Constitution says every person has the right to pursue happiness. What a waste of time. Happiness can't do anything but give you a thrill for a moment. Because happiness is based on circumstances, situations. I'm happy when I'm rich. <laughs> I'm happy when everything goes my way. I'm happy when people tell me how great I am. 
Things that speak to me. See, happiness is about me. It's always about me. What I want, what I desire, what I feel like I deserve. It's all built around me and the things that are there. And it's fleeting because today I can be rich and tomorrow I can wake up and I can be in the poorhouse. Today I can have friends all around me and then suddenly tomorrow I don't have any friends. Today I can have a job and tomorrow I don't. Happiness, is, it's out of my control. I can have it for a moment, but I can't control it. I can't do a part of it. But because I'm a Christian, because the Spirit of the living God dwells within me, there is a joy, the Bible says, that wells up within me that cannot be determined, that cannot be decided, that cannot be affected, it cannot be stopped by anything this world does. Nothing that can happen can rob me of the joy of the Lord that's in me. The joy of the Lord is the very strength of my life, the book of Nehemiah says. God speaks to us, and He fills us with His joy, His joy that's unspeakable, His joy that's unbreakable, His joy that is so full and so real and when we live in the power of the Spirit when we live under the influence of the Spirit when we live under the control of the Spirit there is a sense of joy that wells up in our lives no matter the circumstances of our life doesn't mean everything that happens is good because it's not but it means no matter what happens nothing can rob me of the joy that I have a God that loved me so much he said Daryl you're rotten to the core. But I love you. And I died for you. And I've got you in my hands as my child. And there's nothing, nothing that can ever take you out of my hand. You're mine. See, I don't have to hold on to him. Because I couldn't. I'd get tired. My hands grow weak. I don't have to hold on to him. Because he's holding on to me. And he's got me. And he's never going to let me go. Joy. I'm a child of the king. I belong to him. He's my father. And he sees me through everything that goes in my life. Good and bad and all the things. He's there with me. In fact, the Bible says he's able to take everything in my life, no matter what it might be, and able when I'm willing to let him be Lord and, and, and surrender his work in my life, he, he's able to take it all and make it turn out to good. To be more like his son, Jesus Christ. It, it, when the Holy Spirit is in us, one of the things that's going to be noted in us is that we're going to be a joyful people. Another thing is that we're going to be a thankful people. We're going to be people of gratitude. When, when we have the Spirit of God ruling in our hearts, when, when He's truly, we're surrendered to Him and He's truly being Lord and we're letting Him guide and direct our lives, we're going to be a people of gratitude. We're going to be thankful for that. We're going to realize that everything that we have is a good gift from God. All the things that He's done is because God has allowed us to have them, to be a part of it. The people that have blessed your life, be thankful. God let you have them in your life for a moment, whether it was for a day, for a year, for a lifetime. What a blessing that God let them pass across your pathway and touch your life. We'll be thankful. Thankful for the privilege of, of gathering together in the house of God, even though most people take it for granted and ignore it and don't take a part of it. What a wondrous thing that God has done to allow God's people, his brothers and sisters in Christ, to come together, to love each other, to speak encouragement to each other, to lift each other up, to rejoice with one another, to pray with one another, to walk with one another, to celebrate with one another, all the things that we get to do because we're part of, we're brothers and sisters. And we're a part of a family that is so great that we have brothers and sisters all over the world. And our family's growing. 
Not as fast as it needs to be, unfortunately, but it's growing. Because God is continuing to bring into his family more and more people. And that's reason to be thankful. Reason to be a part of it. Thankful for so many things as we, as we look and as we understand. So to be joyful, to be thankful are, are the things that are part of all that we do and the gratitude that's there. And then one of the other elements of, of being seen as a witness, or the witness of his spirit in our life is, is submission. And that's a word, boy, that's a word people hate. And we're going to talk more about that next week, but uh, it says to be submitted one to the other. That's where it all starts. First of all, is submission to the Holy Spirit. He's Lord. Not you, not me, He is. And I need to submit to Him every day of my life. But because I'm submitted to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that within the church, within the family, within the work of, the work of God, all of us are to be submitted to one another. Submission is a word that means out of love for what has been given to me in Christ Jesus, I am willing joyfully to be able to work together in cooperation, to work in the, in the unity of the Spirit of God as one for the glory of God. It's not about you. It's not, about, it's not what you and I want. It, it, there there's never should be a debate about whether worship is the way I want it to be or not. Whether we sing the songs I like or not, whether the preacher's worth listening to or not. It's not about that. It's about having come with one heart at the invitation of our Father to celebrate Him, to worship Him, to love Him, to say, thank you, Father. This past week has been the worst of my life. But through it all, you've loved me, and you allowed me the privilege to gather together with my brothers and sisters in a place of worship. And while I've been here, they've prayed for me, they've loved on me, They've encouraged me. They've strengthened me. And Father, by your grace and your mercy and your great love for me through your people, I'm ready to go out and face another week. Whatever it may hold, whatever it may be. Because I know that I have first and foremost you with me at all times. And second, I have your bro my brothers and sisters with me at all times. Wherever I am and whatever I'm doing. Because we're one together. And we submit one to the other. No one has to be lord over the other. No one has to be boss over the other. We're in this together. We're a family. So Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is saying to those of us who are full of the Holy Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Walk wisely. Walk redeeming the time. Make the best use of your time for the glory of God and for the benefit of your life as he directs you and leads you. Walk wisely. Walk redeeming the time. Walk with the understanding of his will and purpose for your life. See, one of the great things that you can know every single day is that God loves you and that God has a plan for you and a purpose for you. He sees you. He knows you. And he has something so, um, so great and so amazing for your life if you would just let him be Lord of your life, if you just let him be in control, that everything that the world offers you would pale in comparison to what he sets before you and says, this is what I have for you. This is the plan and the purpose I have. 
Walk filled with his spirit. Daily letting him be in control and not yourself, not the things of this world, but God. And as you do those things, as you walk in that spirit, you'll find yourself rejoicing more than you've ever thought you could rejoice. You'll find yourself with a deepening sense of gratitude for life and for the things around and the people around, and you'll find yourself being willing to submit to God's authority and God's work in your life and to one another because it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about God and what God wants to do. And when we get in it all together and we work one in one as one people, as one unity, there's nothing that we can't do. These gloves, I wish... I could say to these gloves, go weed in my yard. But the only way they ever do that is when I put them on my hands and go out and do it myself. A lot of us are trying to do God's work without God's fullness in our lives, without His power being released in us, without being submissive to Him. He has to be in charge. Not you, not me. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we think about the Holy Spirit and, and, and your presence in us, as you dwell within us, what an amazing thought that is. In the Old Testament, we had this big tent that was built in the wilderness and, and there represented your presence and, and certain people could come into your presence once in a while, but not very often. And, and, but it, it, it just kind of it was a picture that you were around and, and then they built a building and, and that building became more of a permanent structure, the fact that you're, you're still hanging around and you're there and, and you're part of it. And, and then that building got torn down and they, they rebuilt it and then they built onto it and remodeled it and made it the, the massive great Herod's temple that became there in the New Testament time before it was torn down too and destroyed and being a part of it but all that didn't matter because you came to dwell within us we are the building in which God dwells in this world today we are the habitat of God we are the temple of God but even as those structures oftentimes failed to let the power of God be seen and felt and experienced around them, too often we do the same. People don't know that we're full of the power of God. People don't know that we have the joy of God, the gratitude of God. The people don't know that we have the ability to make wise decisions and, and to walk fully in the abundance of life. They don't see the joy in all the things that are a part of our lives because we refuse day by day to let you be in charge. We, we don't want you to be in control. We don't want you to be Lord. We want to be in control. And every day that we decide to be in control is a day that we lose that could have been abundant and wonderful, amazing. Not because everything that happened within that day would be good and great and abundant, but because you'd be there in the midst of it with us. And you'd help us to do exactly what we needed to do in the way we needed to do it to make the most of every situation. God, we're your people. And by the miraculous grace of your mercy, you chose not only to save us, but to live within us. But you still give us the freedom to decide how much control you'll have in our life. Whether we want to walk in the fullness of life or the limitations of life because we decide we'll be in charge instead of you. 
Always our choice. Always our decision. Every day, every moment. If your people, if I, would truly surrender to the Lordship, the authority, the filling, the fullness of the Spirit of God within me, within us, there's no limit to what we could do to make an impact in our world. To what we could do to be a blessing to people who are desperately crying out for help. But God, it's just so easy to want to be in control myself. To want to do it my way, in my timing. That I just don't always let you be in control. But God, I pray today that we would just understand that and, and that we'd make a conscious decision with your help that we want to learn how better and better, day by day, to yield fully to your authority and not our own. Whatever the needs in this congregation are this morning, Father, I pray that your spirit has been working and they'll be ready to respond even now. Some may need to trust Christ as Lord and Savior. They've never done that. Some may need a church home. Some may need, Father, to just surrender right where they are and say, you know, Father, you know how stubborn I am and all the things that I do, and you know I just like to be in control. But I know that's not your plan for my life, and it doesn't work the way that it needs to, and I'm tired of missing out. on the abundant life, on the joyful life, on the thankful life. I want to walk in the life that you called me to and prepared for me. So help me today, because that's all I can do is a day at a time, a moment at a time. Help me today to just surrender. Just acknowledge your Lord. Be Lord in the activity of my life, in the thinking of my mind, in the speaking of my words. Be Lord in my relationships, in my activities. Help me, Father, to submit to you and not to other things that have no positive impact but to you. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen.